0: Welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Dominic Romaldi, filling in for uh, Tom Brown today. And today we're talking about same-sex controversy. And and, uh, Dr. White has enlightened us on a lot of issues, the Reformation Project, obviously, and then he took us through Genesis and looked at that beautiful illustration of the mirror. But he did want to get back to Romans 1, and I, and I think that's appropriate uh, because we want to try to cover all bases in the short period of time we have. And this is the usurping, the usurping of God's created order of how man and woman should be uh, one and in marriage, in monogamy. So this is that usurping, and I think uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. White will help us a little bit with some Greek terms here that can really help us understand what Paul is saying. So, Dr. White, can you enlighten enlighten us on this uh, chapter 1 of Romans 25 through 27?
1: Uh, I honestly think that uh, for almost any Christian today, if you want to be salt and light in a dark and dying society, uh, you really should take some time to familiarize yourself very closely with Romans chapter 1. I I, I cannot think of any other text in the the Bible uh, that has more insight into the nature of man. You need to have a biblical anthropology. You need to understand man as God is revealed to be rather than how psychology or psychiatry is revealed to be. God's one who made him. God knows him far better than we know ourselves. And I wrote a book in, I think, 2004 uh, called uh, The God Who Justifies, there is a uh, fairly lengthy chapter in the book on Romans, chapter one, exegeting it, bringing out what it what it means, and it it has application to so many things. This just happens to be one area that it has application in. And what we need to understand is that when Paul is not singling out homosexuality as the be all and end all of of all evils in right. Romans chapter one, what he's illustrating is the fact of the relationship between God and man and the result of what sin is. He has said that, that God has revealed himself clearly in what has been made so that man is unapologatus, without an apologetic. Uh, an apologetic is a reasoned defense, and so man cannot come up with a consistent, reasonable defense of his rejection of God because God has left his, his fingerprints all over creation, not only outside us, yes. but internally within us as well. And then what he says is, is that when we engage in rebellion, there is a fundamental twisting that takes place within ourselves. Um, If he's the source of life, we are cutting ourselves off from the source of life, and this becomes the source of the culture of death that we see around us even to this day. And so there is a twisting of the creator-creation relationship. They've exchanged the truth that they receive from God for the lie, and they've worshipped and served the created order rather than the creator who is blessed forever. And the result is a darkening of the mind. Uh, we, we sometimes embrace a Greek view of man, to where you have the body and the soul yes. and, and the spirit and the mind and all these different things, and, and we compartmentalize things. The biblical view of man is very much holistic, so that you can't sin in your body without that impacting you spiritually and, amazingly, this is almost illegal in the United States to say this, um, it also affects your mind. People in our, in our country believe that, that the mind is the, the final bastion. God has no control there. Uh, you're, you're perfectly uh, autonomous there. You're not influenced by anything around you. The Bible says that's ridiculous. If you've cut yourself off from the very source of divine light, you are now stumbling in the darkness. And professing yourself to be wise, you will become a fool. And that is the very term that is used there. It is in that context of God giving men over to the lusts of their heart giving men over to what they love as rebellious creatures that homosexuality is raised, because what it illustrates is how, at the very fundamental, natural level of man's created being, sin can even twist the foundations itself. Because, look, let's face it, procreation requires a male and a female. Even today, even with our, all of our scientific advancements, I mean, even if someday we can get rid of that, uh, it will be at, at massive cost and at massive danger, and everyone recognizes that 's really bad idea um, and you know you would think that someone might want to read one thousand nine hundred and eighty four again you know uh, no one reads it anymore, but uh, I would highly <laughs> recommend it to people um, we 've been warned about what this is all about at, a, at the fundamental level, uh, we recognize that procreation is necessary for the continuation of the species. So there is this just basic level, and even at that basic level, the foundations can become twisted by that rebellion against God. And that's what he's talking about in Romans chapter 1. And so that's sin's got a power then,
0: right? Sin looks oh, like it's, it's, it's extreme, got a power.
1: It, and, it, and it's extremely damaging to the image-bearer, uh, the one who's created in the image of God. Once you reject that God exists— You cannot reject God without that fundamentally altering yourself. And homosexuality is one of the ultimate examples that is given of that kind of twistedness that results from rebellion against God. And so there is no question that verses 26 and 27, Romans chapter 1, and there are numerous homosexual scholars who have confirmed this. We we can give you all sorts of quotations. There's an excellent book by, by Dr. Robert Gagnon, uh, and I highly recommend his work on this subject, uh, where he will provide you with page after page after page where homosexual scholars admit the Bible is unequivocally negative toward all expression of homosexual behavior. They just simply reject that the Bible has authority, and you go from there. <laughs> but even they recognize that you cannot twist Paul, but that doesn't mean there are not dozens of books out there that try to twist what Paul is saying here. And they'll say that what we've got in, Revelation, in Romans chapter 1 is, well, it's actually, you know, back then you had the rich man and the little boy, and, and it's pederasty, and it's things like that. And and I, I would just recommend, folks, go on YouTube and watch my debate with Barry Lynn on this subject. This is from, like, 2001. Uh, I was in my weightlifting stage then, so I was a whole lot bigger <laughs> than I am now. And uh, now I'm in my cycling stage I was in, uh, again, and I was in my weightlifting stage back then. But watch the cross-examination, because that's when a debate takes place, is cross-examination. And if you watch the cross-examination in that debate, first of all, uh, n- neither of the two major opponents that I have uh, engaged in the subject, on a debate called, Is Homosexuality Compatible with Biblical Christianity?, brought a Bible to the debate, including Barry Lynn. So I had to let him borrow my my Bible, and we're discussing Romans one. Listen to the cross examination as I try to walk him through Romans chapter one, and watch as he absolutely collapses, falls apart, becomes very angry because he's used to being on CNN throwing little softball questions. He's not used to uh, talking to someone who's you know was writing. I was writing the book at that time, and so on and so forth. Uh, teach Greek, et cetera, et cetera. So watch that examination. You will see that. All of the excuses that people try to come up with—and, of course, we dealt with it in the same-sex controversy as well—all the excuses that people try to come up with simply fall apart. For example, they, as I mentioned, they say, well, it's the older man with a little child. Read what it says. Men burning with lust toward one another. This is, mu- this is a mutual relationship he's talking about here. This yeah. isn't just one person buying a sex slave. This is, this is a mutual homosexual relationship. That is being described here. You just can't get around what is being said here. There's no way around it. And very, very quickly, Paul also uses another term. He doesn't use it in Romans 1. He uses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And this is important. I'll try to be quick. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he uses two, two phrases. He says, uh, uh, Uta malakoi, Uta arsenakoitae. Now, that has been translated in various ways. The ESV, I think, renders it exactly right. It takes both of them and simply says, Neither homosexuals. Why? Malakoi means soft. Arsene ar, Paul probably coined the phrase, drawing from the terms found in Leviticus chapter 18 and Leviticus chapter 20. The Greek Septuagint is the background of much of Paul's language. Right. When you bring them together, it is the active and passive male in a homosexual relationship, and the ESV has accurately rendered that as homosexuals. If you want to see how politics has influenced even the creation of our Greek Lexicons today. If you look at the Bauer, Aren't Gingrich and Donker Greek lexicon, the old green one, the second edition, and then look at Bdag, the Bauer Donker Aren't Gingrich third edition, the more right, right, pepto-bismol right. colored yeah. one that you'd be familiar with. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if you compare the two and look up arsenicoites, do this. The entry triples in size between those two those two editions. Why? Simply because of all of the political papers that were published on that particular term in that time period. It's not that there was anything that was found that was actually relevant, but the, even the definition changed between those things, mm-hmm. all from a political perspective. And may I just point out very quickly uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much how much time we've got you here. We've got about
0: two, three minutes. Three, three, okay, I, we got we got enough yeah, time here. Yes, good.
1: 54. All right. So let me let me really make sure people understand this. When you go to first Corinthians chapter chapter six, Paul lists an entire series of sins. It's one of his vice lists. And then I want you to hear exactly what he says. Give it to us. He points out that he talks about, do you not know, verse 9, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. NASB says, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. Those are the two phrases that Hmm. ESV has put into one. Nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, then he says this. Such were some of you. Past. And here's here's what people need to understand. The quote-unquote gay Christian movement is saying to you and I as Christians, federal judges are saying to you and I as Christians, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States is going to be suggesting, most probably to you and I as Christians, that we need to change the verb which is the one, two, three, fourth, fourth word in verse 11 in the Greek language. Now, I've looked at this. There are no textual variants that are relevant to this passage. All the manuscripts say the same thing. Such were some of you. And then you have the adversative Allah afterwards. But you were redeemed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. They, we are being told we can no longer believe this, because if we believe this, what he's saying is, that was all in the past. Now something new has come. Now something has changed. And what the gay Christian movement is saying is, and such are some of you, and you all need to celebrate the fact that you continue in that lifestyle. That's a, that's a manipulation of the, th- th- that's a manipulation the that's text. That's what we're being told. That's what we're being told. And we need to start telling people that you are telling me that I need to reject the authority of my scriptures and that I need to reject the authority of Jesus Christ, who gave himself for me on Calvary's tree. That is what you are telling people to do. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, unfortunately, when they are given the opportunity, because they are undergoing persecution or something like that, don't know the subject well enough to be able to express that. That's something that we all need to be thinking through. Be prepared to give that answer when the opportunity is given to us. This is a gospel issue. There is no way around it.
0: And such were some of you. If you're tuning, uh, um, you'll listen to Coin and on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, and we'll be back in a few minutes.